0: This is the Hoosier Your Ag Today Morning Podcast on the 13th of January. It is Friday the 13th, 2023. I'm Ian Deubank. Welcome to the Morning Podcast, brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. They're online at ffbt.com. Coming up, the latest Indiana farm news. We'll talk about farmland values and fertilizer prices with Eric Pfeiffer and C.J. Miller. Also, a look back at yesterday's markets, a big bump after the USDA January reports. Mike Silver Analysis, he has a complete rundown of those reports from USDA. And Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says cloudy, windy, and it is colder. This is the Hat Morning Podcast.
1: The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground
2: Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87
3: to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. We'll talk
2: about home heat. (laughs) (laughs) To agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals. That's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important.
3: We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell
2: you. (laughs) Listen now on all platforms.
3: What to expect in 2023 for farmland values and fertilizer prices? I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. 2022 was a year of record farmland prices. Throughout the third quarter, we saw headlines nearly every week for a new record-breaking sale somewhere in the Midwest, specifically Iowa.
2: What can we expect in 2023? I would expect the land market to slow down in terms of appreciation. I don't expect a decline.
3: That's Howard Halderman, president of Halderman Real Estate, based in Wabash, Indiana. He spoke at last week's Top Farmer Conference at Purdue University.
2: I think 0-5% to 5% up in 23 would probably be more of a typical year, and probably what I would expect to happen, based upon current commodity prices and interest levels uh, that we see today.
3: Halderman reflected on 2022 and said that farmland supply was tight in the second and third quarter, leading to those higher farmland prices. Then, as the fourth quarter rolled around, supply ramped up tremendously as some landowners moved up their timeline.
2: A lot of sellers saw all time record prices. And if I were sitting in their shoes with increasing interest rates, I might sit there and say, All right, I, I want to sell this farm in the next two to three years. Maybe now's the time. And capital gains tax rates are still at their lower levels. Uh, so, I think the sellers did advance some of their decisions.
3: Alderman 's prediction for 2023 is largely based on how the fourth quarter of 2022 played out. He says that fourth quarter was very volatile, with some farmland records continuing to be broken, but other sales that he felt should have sold for far more.
2: And so we had some that would still bring over a hundred dollars per corn bushel, a productivity index, which is kind of record level. The market was around 90, the average but there were some sales in the 60s. So that's that volatility that I was talking about that really started to show up more in the fourth quarter, where in the third quarter, everything, low quality, high quality, was selling for that high number.
3: You can hear the full hat interview with Halderman at HoosierAgToday.com shortages and skyrocketing prices for fertilizer. That was all the news last year, but as CJ Miller reports now, when it comes to getting a hold of the fertilizer you need for your farm this year, probably not going to be an issue.
4: At this point in time, we don't foresee any widespread shortages across the U.S. in terms of availability of fertilizer.
3: And that's Jason Trundle with the Fertilizer Institute. He says that last year's supplies were a little lower than normal, but not quite that bad.
4: Despite the fact that there was maybe quite a bit of noise around there, I think supplies actually ended up being pretty good last year, and we anticipate that moving into this year. He says some of the problems
3: last year may have had to do with misunderstandings between retailers... And farmers,
4: The grower would go to their retailer, say in December, and say, hey, can I purchase my ammonia for April 20th delivery? And the retailer would say no, and sometimes that was interpreted as the product wasn't available. And really what it was is with the prices being so volatile, the retailer wasn't willing necessarily to price something out that far in advance so. I think we may see some of that challenge again this year just in terms of retailers and farmers trying to mitigate risk and not necessarily wanting to put something on the books with as volatile as, as the market is.
3: There has been a little softening in input prices, but Trundle says they aren't coming down quickly.
4: Good news is even as we're going to the spring here, we have seen some softening in prices. I think both in terms of on the potash side and the phosphate side, we've seen things been coming off for quite some time now. Slowly trickling. Going downward. And then even on the nitrogen side, we've seen some downward pressure over the last month or two here. Read more
3: at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm CJ Miller. Also at HoosierAgToday.com, the Hat Daily Podcast and Ryan Martin's Indiana Farm Forecast. Be sure to check it out. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network.
5: I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosierag Today's Indiana Farm forecast. We've got colder air in charge here for your Friday. A lot of clouds as well. These clouds mostly lake effect in origin. We've got strong north winds coming across the Great Lakes. and. Some coming down the entire fetch of Lake Michigan. That's going to even produce, I think, lake effect snow in the areas just to the southern tip of Lake Michigan today. Probably not a lot, but there's at least going to be some flakes in the air. The rest of the state just dealing with a lot of clouds as we have transitioned out of what was a very mild pattern over the past couple of weeks and have gone back into a colder round of air here right now. That produces cloud cover as well. So cloudy skies for your Friday without much else. High pressure is going to try and nose in here over the weekend. We still are looking at chilly temperatures for your Saturday, and then we get a warm-up on a Sunday, getting on the backside of that high. See partly sunny skies for Saturday, mostly sunny on a Sunday. Next week, Monday, clouds sticking up through the day. We see rain shower action trying to come in here in the afternoon and evening. Not a lot. A few hundreds to maybe three or four tenths. That is all coverage around 80% of the state. By the time we get to mid-morning on Tuesday, everything's off to the east. We are drier for Tuesday afternoon and Wednesday, precipitation-free Thank <laughs> Then getting into Thursday, significant low-pressure area lifts across the state. Rain to start, and then we can see that rain end as some snow. We'll see just how much on the accumulation side. It depends on the track of the low. Remember this past week, we started the week with big concerns about accumulating snow, and then the low continued to track farther and farther south, so we ended up missing with all precipitation in general in some spots of the state. The track of the low is very, very important. We're watching it for next week's system as well. What we can tell you is behind that system for Friday the 20th for Chile, We see a little bit of snow coming through over the weekend, Saturday the 21st into Sunday the 22nd, accumulating snows over Michigan and northern Indiana. And behind that, we're setting the stage for, I think, a much colder period as we finish out the month of January. Most of the country entering into a much colder pattern starting next weekend. That's the way your forecast is stacking up. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin.
0: A nice pickup in the corn and soybean markets after USDA. This is Who's Your Ag? Today's Thursday Report Day Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank. Analysis coming up, also settlements. This update is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Big enough to get the top corn and soybean genetics you want and small enough to care about you. More at SeedGeneticsDirect.com. I did check in right at the end of trade with Mike Silver at Kokomo Grain for his thoughts on the report. Mike USDA reports supply and demand update and a whole lot of numbers from the agency midday on Thursday. And just about everything everywhere you looked went lower. So Bullish, in many cases, not across the board, but in many cases, bullish numbers from USDA.
1: Uh, indeed it was, Andy. And we, we know historically that these USDA reports can go either way on the market. So there's always a little trepidation ahead of the noon release of these reports. But today, the four reports that were released, namely the January Crop production Report, the January World Outlook Board Report, the quarterly grain stocks report, and the winter wheat seedings reports all came in uh, probably, I will use the term, a little better than expected, certainly from a price reaction standpoint. Um, As we make this recording right now, we've got uh, the corn market up double digit, the soybean market is up double digit, and the wheat market uh, is showing some green, uh, although uh, it's not up a lot, but... That has a lot to do with the uh, the uh, little bit of a surprise in the winter wheat seedings report that showed more acres seeded than the trade had expected. Um, but the USDA uh, final crop production report for 2022, uh, positive reaction from the trade, corn and soybeans, we had $200 million bushel lower production for corn and 70 million bushel lower production for soybeans reported by the USDA. The smaller corn and soybean totals were a surprise to the trade which had mostly expected we might see a little creep up in those numbers but that was not the case. Corn production was reduced due to a surprising cut of 1.64 million harvested acres and the smaller acres offset a bigger national average yield Which was actually up uh, 172.3 from 172.3 to 173.3. The bean production was cut due to a combined four tenths of a bushel per acre reduction in yield and 295,000 acre reduction, so lower soybean production. The USDA reported winter wheat plantings totaling. 36.95 million acres, uh, a larger than expected 3.7 million acre increase. Traders had expected the U.S. wheat acreage to be increased by just 1.2 million acres. So that's the reason we aren't seeing the response in the wheat futures that we are in the corn and soybean futures. The carryout numbers for corn, beans, and wheat were all lower than the December estimates and lower than the trade estimates. This was a surprise because most traders had expected carryouts to increase slightly uh, in this January final report, but that was not the case. the quarterly grain stocks were smaller than last year and smaller than the average trade estimates. In fact, they were near the lower end of the average trade estimates. So all in all, Andy, today, the combination of, of all these uh, favorably surprising USDA numbers has allowed us to, um, in my estimation, especially in the corn and soybeans, to put in a uh, at least a short-term Trading low that we've seen, and and hopefully we'll be able to get some additional retracements to the upside uh, price-wise. Um, the world numbers, the world production estimate numbers uh, in Brazil, the soybean production was increased a million metric tons to 153, while Brazilian corn production was reduced a million tons to 125,000 or 125 million, excuse me. Argentine bean production was increased more than expected. It dropped from uh, 49.5 to 45.5 million tons, and Argentina's corn production was cut from 55 to 52 million tons. This was mostly in line with the trade expectations, but certainly is supportive. Uh, world carryout numbers reduced uh, 2 million tons for corn, but increased a million tons each um, for soybeans and wheat. So... A good set of numbers today, Andy, uh, in talking with a few folks since these numbers were released who had some really negative feelings going into the report. In fact, talked with several folks who wanted to do some selling ahead of the report this morning, and I said, you know, I'll I'll do whatever you want to do, but uh, just, uh, you know, we might want to just wait until we see what these numbers are before we make any additional sales, and Um, sometimes um, you know you make a right a right statement and certainly today that uh, has proven true as as we're continuing some upside potential here in these prices so my recommendation to farmers this afternoon is with these friendly numbers and and we'll call them at least at this point in time mildly bullish uh, we do have to keep in mind though that that weekly export sales report this morning that came out ahead, well, at 8.30, those numbers are released ahead of these uh, noon reports from USDA. There was nothing uh, stellar in those numbers at all. In fact, uh, they were at best mid-range of expectations, and we really need to get our export program back in gear. But uh, with the dollar index today trading um, lower and with the global grain buyers now having this new USDA intelligence to work with, we may see here in the shorter term now some much absent um, daily flash export sales as uh, some of these countries may get a little bit more concerned about their export business, their export programs, and come to the U.S. for um, some additional bushels. So we'll we'll hope that happens. Uh, We're going to keep an eye on South American weather. Uh, That's still very much in play, Argentina and Brazil, because those crops, uh, we know they're the next ones that are going to be harvested, and the world's going to pay attention to that. And then, of course, uh, Monday is the Martin Luther King Jr. football jr. federal holiday and there will be no trade. So tomorrow will be the last trading session before Tuesday of next week. So we'll see what happens tomorrow in futures trade. Uh, I think we'll be well supported. We may give back a little bit of today's gains but again I would encourage uh, folks who still have old crop grain to sell uh, to get some offers in the marketplace at uh, numbers better than we're posting today and Get some additional sales on the books and then certainly watch the uh, new crop 2023 corn and soybean prices uh, to get some of those new crop sales on the books.
0: Analyst Mike Silver is with Kokomo Grain, and the number there is 800 666 0613. On the HAT, Thursday, Farm Market Review, a big jump from corn going lower prior to the report on Thursday to a 15 cent gain on front month March 671 again up 15 cents May corn 669 up 14 and a quarter July picks up 13 cents March beans 25 and a half higher 15, 18 and a half May settles at 1519 and a quarter up 22 and 3 quarters March wheat 742 and 3 quarters up 2 and 3 quarters the meat markets lower February live cattle 15755 down 20 February lean hogs 7875 down 55. I'm Andy Eubank with the Thursday Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, timely, relevant, credible.